welcome to a new episode of Never Seen, the podcast where we watch the films missing from our filmographies, those glaring gaps in our film education, the classic or immortal movies people are shocked you've never seen. My name is Jenny, I'm your host, and joining me in our little spooky corner of the world is the lovely Stacey. Hello, governors. And the ever delightful Lee. Hello. So it is spooky month. It's October. So break out all the spooky, booky, booky. Fuck knows. All the spooky, hooky movies. And Lee, it was your choice. What did you have us watch? And uh, for this month, I picked Monster Squad, which is a 1987 horror comedy teen adventure movie. That unusually for us, it's kind of a, a kind of a strange choice for us because it's not a big movie. Like it, like we we call, this podcast called Never Seen. It's all about films that we've never seen that people are surprised you've never mm. seen. No one's seen this, <laughs> <laughs> so it's 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 almost like of course I've never seen yeah you know, this episode, but it's a, it's a it's a so it's it's a bit of a, a bit of a, a bit of a different one in the a lot of people even when I announced on Twitter that I was you know I'm watching this tonight I had three people contact me going I've never heard of that <laughs> so, <laughs> so, <laughs> so I, I, had, I had a friend of mine ask me, me. <laughs> sorry I thought you'd be like I had three people reply to me and one of them was Jenny <laughs> but I have no, seen, so. So, so yeah and I, so, and I had another friend who asked me a while back oh what are you recording next mm. and I went oh we're doing the monster squad I go what sorry so yeah so no bugger knows what it is no bugger's seen it it's it slipped when it was released in 1987 it slipped under the radar and was a massive flop mm. uh, it's a hugely important film for me I, I saw it. Well, I'll, I'll give you the plot. The plot is very simple. It's a bunch of kids. Pardon me. Who, who did. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's a mute button for your mic, right? <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't hear your burp. I did hear the pardon me. I heard the burp. <laughs> I th- <laughs> it's gone. I thought I had the mute. <laughs> It's been like three years since we all started working from home and using <laughs> Zoom and everything. We should we should know what we're doing by now. I pushed the button; it just didn't work. <laughs> okay, yeah, I, I it's, edit that. It's the technology. <laughs> nah, keep it in. It's fine. So, anyway, so I get back on the plot. Track. Sorry, yes. <laughs> so the the plot is it's about a bunch of kids who discover that Dracula is in their town and he's brought all his monster friends with him. And they're out to destroy the world, essentially. So the original premise for it, it, I'll go through the the credits and stuff. It's directed by Fred Decker, who also did a film called Night of the Creeps, which is a great little court movie. It is great. Um, He also uh, wrote and directed. No, he didn't write it. He directed Robocop 3, which we we don't really talk about. It kind of killed his career. I don't think it's entirely Whoops. his fault because he was told to do like a PG Robocop movie and he did mm. the best of his ability. And it's, you know, no, it's not good. It, it, it was it was misconceived. We'll say that. Uh, and he also wrote uh, The Predator, which was the recent Predator movie. 
which I quite enjoyed, to be honest. I don't think it's a classic, but I quite enjoyed it. I've uh, not seen it. Oh, yeah. Well, it won't be one for the podcast, I don't know. No. <laughs> <Nah>. <laughs> it's, it's OK. I mean, I object to I object to the trend of sticking the in front of an existing title to make the name of a of the sequel. I'm, I'm, you know, yeah. I, I just hate that. Just number it. Yeah. Just don't do that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, you know, forget it. Uh, anyway, so it's it's. <laughs> Written, uh, directed by Fred Decker, written by Fred Decker and Shane Black, who's a very mm-hmm. famous uh, oh. screenwriter, wrote Lethal Weapon, wrote Long Kiss Goodnight, which yes. I, I know is a big, big favourite of Jenny's. Yes. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, Iron Man 3. Oh. Uh, and t- again, he directed The Predator as well. So, um, and he was also an actor in the original Predator. Mm. He was he was the, the Marine with the glasses who was reading the sergeant rock comic book and you know was telling the dirty jokes yeah Uh, can i I just say though right i've just been i've just been editing episodes and listening back to them and because we announced this on the you know in our last episode and uh, you did say the uh black and decker monster squad (laughs) yeah and i did have to bite my tongue because black and decker you mean the power tool company exactly it's all about tools It's 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 the pun. We know. We're aware. How do you kill a werewolf? <laughs> anyway. With a, yeah, with the Black and Decker. With the Black and Decker. So, um, yeah, it was exec producers were Peter Hyams and Rob Cohen. Now, Peter Hyams, I'm a big fan of his movies. He did Capricorn 1, Outland, 2010, Odyssey 2. And, and yeah, yeah, a whole bunch of stuff. Rob Cohen did Dragon the Bruce Lee story, Dragon Heart, Fast and the Furious, Triple X. So there's a bit of a pedigree there from those producers mm. uh the creatures were from uh, were by stan winston and huh. his his studio i'd uh, say so it's mostly it was made with like um practical and in-camera effects if you like you know practical effects it's it's a gift it's it's absolutely gorgeous um the cast are mostly unknowns and, and tv actors to be honest um Sean, who's the leader, the kid leader, is played by Andre Gower, who's not known for anything else. Although he did appear in the TV commercial for the E.T. console game. Oh, dear. The notorious (laughs) E.T. console game that ended up becoming landfill. Just so much landfill. I mean, it just it it carpets a landfill for other landfill. Yeah. Um, his best friend Patrick is played by Robbie Kiger, who was who actually was kind of a face at the time. He was recognisable because he was in a TV show called Crazy Like a Fox, which was like a popular kind of detective show at the time. And he was like the it was about like a I think it was like two lawyer detectives and like the father and this and his son and he was like the grandson. Um. Mm. um then we've got Sean's dad, who's Detective Del Crenshaw, uh, played by Stephen Macht, who is best known as uh, from Cagney and Lacey. He was Cagney's ongoing love interest for, for a while. So these yeah. are very old, obscure references. References, yeah. <laughs> it's all, yeah. Dracula is played by uh, Duncan Riga. I don't know if it's Riga or Rega. Every, every documentary I've seen pronounces his surname differently. So I'm going to go with Riga just because that's how it's pronounced in my head for the last 40 years. Mm-hmm. Now, 
Duncan Rieger, I recognise. He was, he's an Australian actor, I think. But I recognise him because he was in V, the, the sci-fi TV series. Yeah. And he was in Zorro. There was, there was a Disney TV series of Zorro in the early 80s, and he played Zorro. So he was kind of a familiar face. But again, a TV face. Yeah, yeah. Um, the Frankenstein monster is played by Tom Noonan, who I know from Manhunter, the kind of the first kind of Hannibal Lecter movie. And he was in RoboCop 2 as well. He was Kane, the villain in RoboCop 2. Um, the rest of the uh, the kids, there's Horace, a.k.a. Fat Kid, but we'll get into that later, played by uh, Brent Chalem. Rudy is played by Ryan Lambert. Phoebe, the little girl, is played by Ashley Bank. And Eugene, the little boy, played by Michael, uh, Michael Fastino. None of these are names who've gone on to any kind of fame, particularly. They, they've, they've all done the odd. You know, little gigs at the time. The Wolfman in his human form is played by uh, Jonathan Grise, who is a fan- who is a fantastic character actor. You will have seen him in other stuff. He was in um, probably best known for Napoleon Dynamite. He's he was the uncle in Napoleon Dynamite, but he was also in Fright Night Two, Running Scared, which is another eighties kind of cop buddy cop thing, and a comedy called Real Genius, which were all big cult movies in the 80s but he's 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 in a million you know he's he's a very prolific character actor uh emily crenshaw who is sean's mom is played by mary ellen trainer who again super prolific character actress in the 80s she was in all the lethal weapon movies she was the mom in goonies yes she was she she was in die hard um and she was in uh, my favorite tales from the crypt episode which was called All Through the House, which was also written by Fred Decker. Ah. So, which is a nice little connection. Link. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I think she's great. She, I mean, she's, you know, literally for me, she's the face of eighties movies because she, she was just in everything. She'd probably yeah. been in. Um, then we've got a scary German guy. Again, we'll get that. Will make sense when we get to discussing the plot. Is played by Leonard Cimino who, again, I know well from V, the sci-fi TV series V. Mm-hmm. He, he's prominently in that. And we've got um, Detective Rich Sapir, who's um, Dell's partner, probably Stan Shaw. Another super prolific character actor was in Rocky, was in Runaway, was in Harlem Nights, was in Cutthroat Island. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is another one of yours. Another of my favourites, yeah. Yeah. Don't judge uh, me. And then uh, I, I think I'll leave it there. Oh, the, the other the other guy I'd mention is we've got uh, Van Helsing appears in it, played by Jack Willem, who I kind of recognise from a couple of Harry House and Ray Harryhausen movies. He played Poseidon in Clash of the Titans, and he played uh, King Aetes, the villain in Jason and the Argonauts, which I didn't recognise him at all. And I've watched those movies a million times. <laughs> uh, so it was only when I checked his you know his IMDb, it was like, oh, that's him. Yeah. Okay. So, um, yeah, so that's that's your cast. Oh, I should also mention that EJ, who's like the, the class bully, the school bully in there, is played by uh, Jason Hervey, who was uh, in the Wonder Years, the TV yes. series of Wonder Years at yeah. the time. The older brother, yeah. yeah. So my my kind of history with this. Oh, yeah. So did I did I say what the plot is? Did I do a synopsis? Yeah. Then yeah, it's, it's yeah. Basically, the, the premise when it was, was created, it was basically the little rascals meet the universal monsters mm-hmm. which is you know 
a perfect little <laughs> synopsis <laughs> to me. That's like, yeah, I'm sold. So, so my history with it is I, 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 I picked it up. It was in some kind of, it was a news item in some movie magazine. Now, whether it was something like, it would have been something like Starburst or Starlog, mm-hmm. um, or, or it might have even been in 2000 AD. 2000 AD used to have a, like an occasional kind of movie column. Um, and it, they might have just mentioned it in that. But it, it just picked up, you know, I just I remember it being being mentioned and it just catching my my eye for some reason mm. about a bunch of kids fighting off, you know, the Universal Monsters and just thinking that sounds really cool. And I think I saw the trailer on some there was there was a there was a TV show on the BBC called Entertainment USA, hosted by Jonathan King, who we now don't talk about. Mm. And it was just him going traveling from american city to american city talking about what was going on there playing music and he'd run a movie trailer and i'm pretty sure they showed the monster squad trailer and i was just hooked by the trailer so i knew it was coming i was braced for it so i saw it when it was on vhs it got released on video yeah uh, and i i don't even think it got like a cinema release over here I'm, you know i couldn't swear to it but i don't i got a feeling it didn't if it got a cinema release it came and went really quick Mm. because when it was released in the States, it just died on its arse. Um, so I saw it on video and it was like a, a, a rental and I'd heard about it and I remember renting it and, you know, telling my, my brother, oh, this is supposed to be good. I'd heard, I've heard this is, this is quite mm. good. And we just loved it. It blew us away kind of as a, as a family. I was just thinking that was amazing. That was funny and scary and freaky. And I'd, I'd kind of, this would have been 87 I guess I think it was released. Yeah, it was released. Eighty-seven, so it might have been early eighty-eight by the yeah. time it was released. So I would have been seventeen, possibly eighteen. And, it, and it, I, remember, I remember watching because I used to sit on my bedroom floor with on, on a cushion to uh, to get the room, and I used to sit on the floor between my bed and my brother's bed uh, with the TV in the middle. And I remember sitting on the floor and watching it with the you know with the curtains closed in the dark and just. Just loving it. And it became one of those family yeah. movies, like perpetual rental, you know, whenever we was couldn't find something new, we'd rent that. And uh and it was it was, it was a huge movie with us. So when I found out years later, or going on that no bug has ever heard of it. <laughs> it really caught me. Yeah, like, oh yeah, of course there's the Monster Squad. What's that? You know, nobody nobody knows about it. Like a few of my friends knew about it because I would have forced them to sit down and watch it mm. at some point. Yeah, I remember I remember literally forcing mates to to watch it. Going, yeah, you've got to watch this. It's it's brilliant. And some of them liked it, and some of them were just completely befuddled. And did, but it's you know, but it's a bunch of kids, man. It's it's a bunch of kids. <laughs> What's going on? But but yeah, it was it was a big film for us. Now I know. You've seen it, Jenny. That's yes. right. You're yeah, big, I, yeah. I'm a big, I'm a big and fan Stace of it. Hasn't yeah. seen it. So, what, what's your history with it, Jen? Um, I think I, uh, I'm struggling to remember when I first saw this. So it was either on TV or it was rented by Mum for us to watch. Yeah. So I, I think I watched this. I think I said once, maybe around twelve, thirteen, but I think I was a bit younger than that. I think I was around eight or nine when I watched this. So when I was eight or nine, that would have been, that's been nine or 10 because I was 
87. No, sorry. Okay. Now, 89, I was about eight. So, yeah, 89, 90, I probably saw this. Um, it might have been on TV. And then a little while later, I found it on video and bought it. Yeah. It was one of those finds on VHS because I'd seen it and I'd, oh, I think it must have been on telly because I think I'd seen it and I always remembered it because I just loved it. I thought it was great. I wanted to be one of those kids. And it was just like Goonies for me, you know, Goonies, mm. but with monsters. Mm. And I loved it. And I think, I think, I think uh, we had like an X rental. I think we, we I, I bought it as an X rental. Yeah. I think um, I just managed to find it in like Woolworths when Woolworths was yeah. still a thing. Yeah. And it was probably like six quid. And I bought it and I was so happy and I just would watch it so much, so much, so much. And then I loaned it to someone and I didn't get it back for ages. And it turned out I'd loaned it to my next door neighbour. And when they were moving, the daughter said, oh, do you want your video back? And I was like, OK. <laughs> she handed it to me. So, oh, my God, it's Monster Squad. I I wondered where this was because it had been gone for so like years. It had been gone and I'd forgotten yeah. it was them I'd loaned it to. And then I, oh, I fell in love with it again. But it's so hard to get hold of. Um, mm. I say it's not available on DVD. It's not in this country. Over here. No, no. I did get it. But I uh, in America, they did. I think it was a 25 year anniversary or something. 15 yeah. or 25 year anniversary release. And because I have a multi-regional DVD player, I bought it because it's a double disc. So it's got the film mm. and then it's got a retrospective and some makings of and that on it. Yeah. Um, but I just I fell in love with it. I loved all of the old monsters and everything. And I was I was in middle school when I saw it because I remember telling friends about it. And I remember us having a lesson where we had to do creative writing and write our own story. Um. And I told my friends about the film and I think a few of us had watched it together. And my friend's like, oh, what was that? You know, that big like portal thingy called, you know, the big cloudy thing. I said, what? Limbo. Yeah, that was it. Because they were writing the story. They were basically they'd watched this film that no one had heard of. And they were using that as their creative <laughs> writing story. <laughs> yeah. so. I, I used to make it like a bandit because no one read comics except for me. So I used mm. to just rip off comics mercilessly when I had to do <laughs> wrong stories for English. And they go, See, oh, this is really clever. This is really managed. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, I, I didn't do that. I actually wrote I actually wrote stories. I had uh, I had the imagination to do it. But um, these, All right, these, lads, <laughs> these lads do not. But I know I I fell in love with it when I was a kid and it's always stayed with me and um, just grown up with it. And I think um, it, it it didn't become as family a favourite to us as the Goonies has done. Mm. Um but the family have watched it. I think my brother still enjoys watching on occasion because I noticed that he's got a copy of it as well. Um, so I think he every now and then he watches it. But I just I think it's so much fun. It's so much fun. Even rewatching it for this and thinking about certain things that we'll get to later. Um, and also uh, got to see the documentary as well. Um, Wolfman's got nards. Yeah. Yeah, um, that's a good old document. I, I mean, I, I remember the, the the American DVD coming out. Yeah, and and that was when you could buy stuff from America, dirt mm-hmm. cheap. Yes. So I, I don't know why I didn't. I don't know why yeah, I didn't ooh. buy it. I think I was just assuming, oh, there'll there'll be a UK release then, obviously. <laughs> no. And there just wasn't. It no. just it just never appeared. No. And of course, by the time you go, oh, yeah, I thought I'll probably you know get that. It had just. Because it came, you know, it, it came and went. It came and, you know, went out of yeah. print or whatever the term is for it was deleted or whatever. And then 
you, yeah, I'd miss I'd miss the window. You know? Yeah, it costs cost an awful lot to get it now. I think I saw mm. on Amazon something about a steelbook for it, but I'd be surprised if that happens. Yeah. So, but yeah, that's that's really my history with it. I just kind of grew up with it alongside Goonies and other eighties movies. So yeah, yeah but okay, I so stay yeah. so stay so. Had you heard of it before we um, mentioned? Well. So here's a, an interesting tidbit about the way that my brain works or indeed doesn't work very well. Um, <laughs> I hadn't heard of it until you pair were fully aghast about me having not seen it. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember how it came up in one of our WhatsApp conversations, but I did my typical, oh, I've never seen that. And you both went, get out of fucking town. <laughs> I, I actually think it, it might have been, it might have been when we were talking about American Werewolf. It could have been. And it might be on actually on the podcast. And I think I said something about, oh, we were talking about werewolf movies. And I was going, oh, well, you know, Monster Squad's got a really good werewolf or yeah. something like that. Mm. And you went, oh, yeah, it is. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah, it's got a great werewolf. And you just went, mm, I beg what? I've never seen it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that sounds about right. Um, but what I did realise as I was watching this film, because I had no concept of, what it was about and uh I didn't bother like reading a, a blur yeah. or having a look like a synopsis or anything I was just like I'm just going to put it on so I thought this was actually going to be a legit scary movie uh, first <laughs> of all but also I realized as I got to about five minutes from the end uh, I realized that I have in fact seen the last sort of about 20 minutes before and just yeah. not known that it was that film <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and, it, and it, yeah, so I felt like uh, a bit of a silly. So it turns out I had a look on Letterboxd and it turns out what had happened was that Rich watched it for right. the first time last year uh, during October. So like we were we were specifically doing there's another podcast called Nightmare on Film Street that was doing like a, a prompt list for films to watch. Uh, like right, 31 yeah. films to watch throughout October. So we'd, uh, I'd forced Rich on one of the prompts was something like a kids horror movie or something like that, family friendly horror. And so I'd forced Rich to watch Hocus Pocus for the first time because he'd never seen it. Uh, <laughs> and and he he really really didn't like that film. Uh, so yeah, he was say, like, that, that that seems like spousal abuse to me. It does, doesn't <gasps> it? Um, I <laughs> so so the next day whilst I was having a shower he decided to cleanse his family-friendly horror palette and watch this, and I caught the end. Yeah. Uh, but I did not know that it was Monster Squad that he was watching. And at the time, I was like, this film seems shit. And so, <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't pay any attention at all. Uh, uh, yeah, but what was weird about it was the fact that, like, I didn't even really twig uh, that I'd seen those children or anything before when I was watching yeah. it the other day. It was mm. literally only when... Like we'll get there, but like when they start like trying to trying to cook up a portal, and I was yeah. like right at the very end, and I was like I've seen this, <laughs> <laughs> and I felt like a massive silly. <laughs> no, but you've not watched the movie. You've seen bits. It's you've like, seen bits. It's you know. literally just the end that I saw. Uh, yeah. So, and I do feel I do feel like it leaves a better impression the end of the film when you've seen the start of it. <clears throat> It does Most help. films do, I think. Yeah, yeah. There are exceptions. Yeah. I so, I am about to say something that I think is going to get me some severe gasps. Oh, okay. Um, I've never seen a Universal Monsters movie. 
Not none of them. Not not a, not a one. I, I don't believe I have no. Oh, <laughs> oh God. Wow. So like, yeah. Wow. Um. Apparently, <laughs> you, you should have joined us when we did our social distance viewing of all of them. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, because Jenny got the box set. I did. I bought. Yeah, I got the Blu-ray box set, and we watched them. What? Last year, autumn yeah, last year. Yeah, it would have been last year. Oh, no, it wouldn't have been last year. Was it? Was it the year before? Might have been the year before. I think it was yeah. COVID times, wasn't it? Yeah. But they're great. Yeah. You should. You should <laughs> oh, the Invisible Man. And they are oh. not what you think either. No, they're, they're, not. they're very, they're very peculiar movies. Yeah. By and large. Yeah. Um, and, like, and particularly the early ones. You know, the first Dracula and the first Frankenstein. How they open very, is very. Very stagey uh, and very yeah, pantomime yeah. Almost, there's a lot of weird humour in there, a lot of camp humour in there. So very theatrical, mm. yeah, but, but superb. And there's a scene in the Monster Squad that when we get to it, um, yeah, I'll raise that with the links to Frankenstein <laughs> because. Well, I did wonder if I was going to lose something from my watch of this movie from not having seen any of the Universal monsters. But then I guess because it was aimed at kids in the 80s i don't know that they would have either really well, so i don't know here's the thing yes they would mm. so you know one of the things when i was watching and i i i tried to, to watch it like with a critical eye but i couldn't i was just <laughs> all over my face just watch it going this is great. same but i was That's trying to keep same. an eye on how how it watches now watches new mm. and i was realizing that there's a there's a lot it doesn't explain to you because it assumes you can figure it out for yourself or you'll know it for yourself. Mm. Um, and so like I, I've watched since then, I've done my, my homework and I was watching, you know, some documentaries and stuff like that. And I made the mistake of watching a few <laughs> YouTube reviews of some <laughs> yeah, millennial things that I had a good old rant to Jenny <laughs> on what that last night. Oh, my God. Like, we, we don't talk about stuff generally. No, and I don't we, know how I got into it, but I, I, <laughs> I just say, I'm just I'm just watching this thing and I was effing and blinding and all sorts going. Honest to God, it was. I'll be, if if you're OK with it, Lee, I might have to screen capture some of that and put it out on the socials when we <laughs> this episode out, because they're so funny. I, I was fur- absolutely <laughs> really was. furious. Stace, you should see it. It's fucking and, so funny. You know, I, I just think, no, 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 don't do it because. You never know. I mean, these are people who are doing these reviews and I'm I'm calling them all sorts. He did. So. He called them so many things. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I agreed with all of it, but I also had to say to him, this is why I don't identify as a millennial. I identify as Gen X. Because well, see, I, yeah, I don't I don't want to get, you know, be bashing millennials or anything like it's that. Not or, it's, it's not all millennials. It's not that. But the, the, it's, it is quite interesting. And this is kind of what part of what at this podcast is what about is how, yeah. how well things age and how, you know how, how and well they don't topic, you know how, how much <laughs> things change and yeah. and you know there was literally i'm gonna have to mention it there's there one of the things this, this reviewer was criticizing going it's only 80 minutes they skip over something this should be a 10-hour netflix series and then they can really go into <laughs> Oh, they, they can't. They can't be being serious. Oh, no, no, no. Genuinely straight faced and going. Yeah, they, they, you know, if they, if they if this was a ten on Netflix thing, they could really go into you know why the, why these kids are friends, how they know each other, how they met, 
and you know and how they you know why the parents are, are having so these marital, marital issues. problems but that's uh, not the point of the film no we no. know <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, 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 was, I was spitting fire at this stuff and my god it was so and then he everything spelled out to you in patronizingly <laughs> slow two guys talking in a room dialogue you know and he, I know, I know, it's it's become a bit of a a bugbear, but I'm sure I, I'm recognising my own rants now from but previous episodes. The episode. best part was though that Lee would say, "Right, I'm switching it off now." <laughs> Not even a minute later. Oh my God, they're going off again on this. They're so fucking stupid. They're so dumb. Why are they saying this? I'm definitely switching it off now. Yeah, and he's he's like saying saying stuff like, "How does Dracula know all these monsters anyway?" <laughs> because he's made like a hundred movies with them in the 30s and 40s that's how he knows them i but feel like the 80s would would assume dracula and frankenstein and the wolf yeah know each other. yeah i was just Did gonna I? say like if i if i was if i was a dracula if i was a spooky dracula i feel like the only people i could hang around with would also be monsters and so i'd make sure i'd make it my business to know yeah. as many of them as i could <laughs> it was yeah it's 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 yeah it was i mean there was the cartoon the groovy ghoulies and, oh, and the drag pack and all that yeah. kind of stuff as a kid you knew the monsters all knew each other whether it yeah. was you know and there was marvel comics where, where dracula would cross over with a frankenstein <laughs> And there was the yeah you know, Legion of Monsters where yeah you know, they'd all hang out and whatever. So it was it was just read. You just accepted it that they knew each other, and <laughs> you know, and would form alliances and stuff like that. It was it was all done in shorthand. You you know that's the deal. So yeah, apparently shorthand is not a thing that goes over very well sometimes. No, well, like I'll be honest, like I'm the kind of person who, so I'm a bit, I'm a bit thick slash I don't pay a lot of attention all the time. <laughs> so I do, I do find that sometimes when I'm watching things, like, I think to myself, you know what, you could, you could stand to explain that a little bit more. But there's like things like this, like the idea of like going more into the family's uh, marital problems. That actually has zero bearing on the movie. It doesn't even need no. to be in it. No. So no, why you would need more of it? I want more texture. fucking wolf men. I yeah. want a wolf man chowing on things. That's what I want. I don't want marital problems no. from a monster. I, 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 I there's, there's enough there. I mean, apparently the, the original <laughs> cut of the movie was longer. There was, there was 13 minutes of footage cut, and some of that was subplots, and some of that was, was stuff to do with the parents, and, you know, because they are clearly going through mental problems, that, you know, the dad's a cop, the, you know, the, the mum feels, like, left behind, mm-hmm. they're going, to, you know, going to, uh, like, marriage counselling, and he, he keeps splitting to, because he's on the hotline, and got to go on a case, and whatever. That's all nice, that's all texture and colour, and it's, it's a cut up. It's more interesting than just the standard parents who are stuck in the background. It explains why they're not paying attention to why the son's hanging around with his mates and the Frank- the Frankenstein. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know? Frankenstein it's, and it's, that, that old German guy. It, and it, it, all explains, a it also, you know, it explains why, you know, I mean, if you want to get into it, it explains why Sean is the way he is. He's the clear leader. He, he takes control. He's being his dad. He sees his dad as a dedicated cop. And that's what he does. You know, mm. he's acting above his age kind of thing. But you don't you don't need to have it all explained to you. And, and you know, and like I say, the, the reviewer was, I, get, I don't want to get into a big rant about this review, but it's um, 
he's going about, well, I don't understand what, how's, how did he get the book? And I go, it's there. It's in a line of dialogue. They, they told you how he got the book. Yeah, they it's, on, it's, it's, there. It's, it's there. She said it. <laughs> you, you have to pay attention. Now, like I say, it, it was a longer movie and it was cut down. So maybe some of that stuff was gone. But one of the strengths I feel for the movie is that it, there's no fat on it at all. It is yeah. the cleanest fucking Asian one of, you've ever seen in your life. That was one of the things I really liked about it because we've had this conversation a million times before yeah. where, yes, I can sit through a long movie if the movie is, if it's necessary that it's long. But like a movie like this doesn't need to be long because yeah. it's just some kids farting around with some monsters and, <sighs> uh, you know, we're, we're all having a laugh. Fine. Like it doesn't need to be, you know, two hours and forty-five minutes of no. dramatic, no. you know, no. f- it's, it's, marriage counselling. it's 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 what they the Princess Bride calls the good parts version. It's mm, it's, yes. it's all the good bits. It's all the bits. There's none of the filler scenes in between. Yeah. You don't you don't need to know how you know Dracula's moving around the town and doing this stuff and what you know. All you know is that you know he's. He, you know, he phones up Sean to get this book that he's got and he uses the alias Alucard, which is which again, I love. Which is terrible. Just, which is, yeah, which is like a deliberate reference to a film, you know, Son of Dracula. I think it was 1940 where Dracula poses as his own son. Because <laughs> he, <laughs> he's dead and Dracula poses his own son. And, you know, he uses the alias Alucard and all that kind of stuff. So these, these are these are deliberate little references and and. and and gags and stuff like that. Now, I, I, this is stuff that I kind of knew and just picked up anyway by osmosis. So I wouldn't think twice about that. But I, I but I, I do sort of think, well, maybe there is that kind of gap with the classic monsters, like you know, like a Universal. Um, like, I was surprised that this isn't a Universal movie. I just assumed. I think it was, it's, it was a Universal movie. No, but I think and by the time they did this, then the Universal Monsters would have been out of copyright so they could do what they liked. No, well, what happened was they 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 had the idea, I want to do Little Rascals meets... When you, originally, Fred Decker had, had, had written, you know, he, I think he was still in university or college or something at the time, and he was, you know, he was writing scripts and stuff, and he just was playing with the idea of re- rebooting some old franchise, like the Little Rascals... Which was a which was a very popular kind of kids serial in you know in the in the forties and fifties I guess about mm-hmm. a bunch of kids and the other one he was kind of oh well what about you know the Universal monsters we haven't had much of those for a while and and then he watched one of the later Universal monster movies which was Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein which if you don't know the Universal monsters started off as kind of faithful horror movies adaptations and then as the sequels came out and more sequels came out they got on more and more ridiculous and you know cheaper and just knockoffs and eventually you went full circle where it just became self-parody and they decided to have you know Abbott and Costello who were a comedy double actor was hugely popular in you know the 40s and 50s basically have them team up with the Universal Monsters in a Scooby-Doo style romp right um so he watched this abbott and costello meet frankenstein and the thing about that movie is it's kind of a good movie it's kind but the interesting thing about abbott and costello meet frankenstein is the comedy is played as comedy but the horror is played as horror so he he saw this and went well hey i could do both i could literally do 
little rascals make the universal monsters. So he, he then he contacted his friend and college roommate, uh, Shane Black, who, who was kind of expressed an interest in, you know, doing a screenplay. He says, well, if you want, I've got this idea. If you want to bash out a script. So he said, OK, so he, he wrote the script, the original draft of Monster Squad as, a, as an exercise, really. It wasn't intended to be submitted or pitched or anything like that. So he wrote this big, massive 160 page screenplay, like a three hour screenplay that was just huge. He was just writing for his he wasn't writing to a budget. So, for example, the opening scene, which is set back 100 years ago with Van Helsing attacking um, Castle Frankenstein. In the in the final movie, it's kind of low key. There's, there's there's you know you've you've got Van Helsing and a few villagers and a few torches, and they kick in the door and that's it. In the original script, he wrote like um, Van Helsing approaches with a fleet of zeppelins and an, and you know and an army behind him with cannons on ho- and cavalry on horses, and the, you know there's a, there's a, a like a, an army of vampire brides who come out and there's a big battle and all. Massive stuff like that, which they all had to cut back. So once they once he'd uh, Decker had rewrote the script and got it down to to a manageable length, he then uh, I think he contacted Peter Hyams and, you know, he helped him, you know, pitch it around. And they took it to Universal because it's the Universal. It's going to have the Universal monsters. in, So you naturally take it to them. Same as if you're pitching a movie with the DC character, you take it to DC first. And they weren't interested at all. And they weren't interested in making movies of any of their monsters. They got all these products and they weren't interested in making movies of Frankenstein and Werewolf and Dracula at all. They were quite happy with just flogging the merchandise, flogging the mugs and the toys and the, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, the T-shirts, the cartoons and all that. They had no interest in making movies at all. So what they had to do was they had to change because, because Universal had the copyright on the looks of all these um, creatures and they owned Creature from the Black Lagoon outright. That was a, that was a creation of those. They then had to change stuff. And as they say, this, they had to change a certain percentage of their look to get away with it and not be sued by Universal, which is why Frankenstein kind of looks like the Universal Frankenstein but also doesn't. So they move the bolts out of his neck into his forehead, into his temples, which is actually a better place for him to be. I think it, it does make more sense to me. Yeah. And yeah. Well, that's that makes sense. Um, and stuff like that. So which is why they don't because they originally they were going to literally do those original designs. And then they were told, no, you can't do those. You're going to have to change them, which I think was kind of fortuitous mm. because they came up with a brilliant Wolfman design. And an absolutely amazing Gilman creature from the Black Lagoon suit, mm, yeah. which is, I think is one of the great monster suits in cinema history. You know, by, you know, by none. It's, it's, just, it's right up there. Um, and in fact, they were so impressed during the, during the, the making of the film. Uh, the two guys who were doing the, the Gilman suit, Matt Rose and Steve Wang, uh, they, they, they got the, they made the suit for Predator, the first Predator movie. They got the gig off that. That's how their kind of careers kicked off. So, so it's interesting that you know, Universal didn't want to know. And I think in the end, they went back to Universal and they agreed to distribute it abroad. Mm. Um, 
but it but it but it's it's strange because I just assumed it was Universal making advantage taking advantage of their back catalogue. Yeah. But it, but it might also explain why it got no kind of promotion at all. It was notoriously undersold. Um, the only kind, of, the, the only real promotion they did for it was they released a bunch of wanted posters with each one. You know, like the old Wild West wanted. Yeah, yeah. With each monster on each one. Oh, I'd so love there's, one a, of those. there's a Dracula, and they're not even the designs from the movie. Yeah. So the, the the Dracula on the Dracula poster isn't Duncan Rieger at all, and looks nothing <laughs> like him, and it's got a whole bunch of puns, and they're they're just horrible and cheap and nasty. And go online and check them out. They're, they're awful. I mean, the thing you have to know about the eighties was it was a transitional period, right? It was it because we were coming out the seventies where you know nobody gave a fuck about anything, mm. and and we were, in the eighties that was when kind of what we used to call the right on movement started you know political correctness started to come in and stuff like that so it was a transitional period so you you watch stuff from the 80s and you get some really shocking stuff and the there's a little time. bit little a bit sh- in this as well yeah there's so. there's little bits there's a, there's a lot made of it again in some of the reviews and i'm going i think you're being a bit harsh yeah in that it's yeah, there are worse examples out there you know yeah, yeah. there's some there's some dodgy swearing and a few you know, yeah, some it, slurs it, it, and things that you wouldn't yeah. use today. But, but uh, there's, there's, you know, if you look at other movies of the period, you know, E.T.'s got a bit of swearing in there. E.T. Yeah. has got some swearing in there. Goonies but, got some swearing in it too. And, and Goonies, yeah, and the, but don't start me on Goonies. We'll get so, to Goonies. Yeah, we'll get to Goonies. <laughs> well, so we've, you know, we've talked about the history and production history of, of the film. So let's dive into the film. Okay. Uh, and and straight from the top the thing one of the things i love and there are many of this film is the opening crawl i love that this film has an opening crawl (laughs) i I, couldn't stop laughing at the opening crawl because whoever wrote this fucking loves an ellipses lads oh yeah 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 and i I also love that it ends with they blew it yeah (laughs) that's very funny yeah i I love that that's how it it does tell you straight away what the tone of the movie is going to be it, about totally yeah. yeah and you know i found interesting though that it's a comedy it's a comedy horror like kids um or teenage film mm. but actually that opening score that little riff that they use in it is actually quite creepy well i mean the score is terrific you it's a really, great score you yeah. don't really hear it too well to be fair yeah. you, you get you get it's, it's it's it does what schools are supposed to do really is it's supposed to stay in the background yeah you, yeah. You're not going to it's not a James Horner or a John Williams where you're going to be humming it when you go no. home. But no. you can if you listen to it in isolation, you know, you can, you know, buy the yeah. soundtrack and stuff. It yeah. is a wonderful classic it's, score. Yeah, um, it's, a, it's a proper little score, which is well, I say little, but you know, what I mean, it's a great. Yeah, um, Bruce Broughton um, did the score yeah. who did uh, Young Sherlock Holmes, which was around about the same time. Yeah. And, and Silverado, which is a, a cracking Western, which is how he got the gig. Um, they'd they'd seen you know Silverado, Silverado, which is kind of like a forgotten western there. I was going. This must be because never heard of it. So um, so so he, he but, did that and got the gig. But it's it's a really nice score, classic. It's, it's a great classic score, and it's it's so I mean fitting for that for the opening scene where we are yeah. we are back in time and we're with Van Helsing and his little little band of villagers. Mm-hmm. No Bastard. siblings. You know, it's no sadly, 
but you know busting into uh this castle uh you get you get a few of of uh dracula's uh, uh well there's there's a great shot like they burst in and the first thing you see is a vampire bride uh, covered in blood eating a eating a um what is it a raccoon or, something or something just, like that it, and you just get that yes i got yes great yeah love it and it's love like it. yeah this ain't your mother's Kind of your grandpa's horror, you know, kids movie. This is this is but, a bit different. But here's the thing, right? If you've got a very special ornament that mm. you just don't want people to steal, because it's quite important to what you want to do and you need. Yeah. Why in heaven's name? Why the fuck would you leave it out on a plinth, shining, shimmering away for because, anyone to just walk in and Dracula's take? doing his own ritual uh, to just you know to destroy he's, it. He's, he's trying to. Yeah, I can't remember. Yeah, he's trying to destroy it, isn't it? So he's doing his own. So it has to be whipped out. Ah, uh, carefully you say that. Yeah. But yes. So, for, uh, <laughs> so, so yeah, there's a there's a reason why it's not hidden away somewhere. And I and I I I, I quite like uh, and Stace, if you feel this, I I quite liked how well overacted Van Helsing was with the young virginal maiden. Mm. Of greed, we're all going to die. <laughs> he sells it. He you know, this 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 is one of the things I like about it. There's no half measures. There's no winking at the audience. No. There's no camp or anything like that. It's They're going full bore. Yeah. And they, and they said during the audition process, any time they auditioned, like when they auditioned like Dracula, they had a lot of actors auditioning, and any of them were playing at camp or or nudging at the, you know, winking at the audience or anything like that. They went, oh, thanks very much, bye. And it was yeah. it was uh, yeah, the ones who played it completely straight who got it, and yeah. it came down to in the end it was going to be Liam Neeson. Liam Neeson was going to be Dracula. Now this is back when Liam Neeson wasn't Liam Neeson. I was going to say, he, yeah, he, he I think he'd done crawl at the time or something like that. He wasn't he wasn't a name. He was up and up, up and coming. And yeah. he basically got the gig until Duncan Reed came in and read. And I went, oops, no, mm. he's he's the guy. He's terrifying. Yeah. And he and, doesn't play at all camp. Oh, no, he plays it full on terrifying. And, I'm yeah, and I'll, I'll go and say he's he's one of the best screen Draculas there's ever been. Yeah. Now, see, I had a little problem with him as Dracula. Mm. And and it's entirely my own brain, so I can't blame him at all because the acting was like absolutely great. It was fine. But it's just well, I've never seen so he might not even be American, but I've never seen somebody who looks more American in my entire life. <laughs> and it was, it was it was jarring my brain so much because I was like, oh, fuck, that's Dracula every time he was on screen because he just didn't look like a Dracula <laughs> to me. <laughs> yeah. Like, like I was looking at him, I was like, "Who's this guy?" Oh, and because the makeup on him is quite subtle as well for a, for a Dracula yeah. makeup. Yeah, it's it's yeah, that, it you know, and like I say, it's like I was saying to to Jenny last night. It's Dracula as a full ball villain. It's mm. it's it's Dracula as a super villain essentially. It's there's none of this tortured romantic goth stuff mm. going on. He's just out to destroy the world. It's and like he, you know, it's like do you know what? I've been tortured soul enough. Fuck you all. I'm just going to yeah. kill you now. I've, I've had, had enough. enough of this. Now. <laughs> I'm done with this earth. I'm done with these motherfucking humans on this motherfucking earth. We're I'm getting, just going to just destroy gone. you all. Fuck yeah. you all. And I, I mean, I also, uh, with, with, back with Van Helsing, I loved, um, you know, we said, we're all going to die. And it's like, mate, 
shouting down someone's ear when they are trying to read German <laughs> is not helpful on the stress levels. And by the way, she died anyway. Well, she got sucked into limbo, but yeah, same deal. Well, I mean, yeah, I'm assuming she's German, so I don't think reading German is necessary. That was probably not a problem. Worth underlining. That's, that's true. Yeah. She's reading yeah. German. That's she's it. reading German. That's hard. She is German. Ah, oh, it's easy then. Yeah, that's, that's better. Yeah, well. oh, one, of, one of the things I did like, and I'd not noticed actually until this viewing, was when you have the establishing shots of um, Castle Dracula, it's a total homage to the original yes. first Dracula. There's the shot yeah. of the um, armadillos yeah. crawling around, which, which yeah. are in the original movie, for no reason. There's no reason why armadillos would be in Transylvania. Yeah, <laughs> even the um, like the, the the staircase and everything. Yeah, the staircase. And that's go in. It's great. And there's the uh, I think there's the you see like the uh, coffin open and like cockroaches come mm-hmm. out. Or, like, oh, yeah. I did not appreciate that because there's <laughs> fucking like six tarantulas that come out in one or some shit, and I was oh, like, yeah. are, we do- are we doing this immediately? Are we just shitting stuff <laughs> yeah. immediately? Oh, and also, yeah. do you remember there used to be an ad for dime bars in the UK where it was like. Smooth on the inside, crunchy on the outside, yeah, like yeah, an armadillo. Yeah. Yes. And then somebody would shout, armadillo! I kept shouting <laughs> that at the screen. Yeah. Well, I wasn't expecting to have that thrown into my brain. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. I'll tell you what my favourite thing about that, though, was when we, you know, when we eventually get, you know, back to, you know, Dracula being back and all that stuff, all the little yeah. coffins have opened, all the spiders have gobbed it. I had to ask Rich to let me know when the spiders had gone. Oh. <laughs> I don't want to look at it. Um, was the very blatant bats on a string, which really yeah. made me like just flapping around. Really well, made me laugh. I, I think that's what I, what I like about it is it, it kind of worked. Um, obviously, they've got cutting edge effects at times. Uh, but also they're deliberately going for the kind of like the retro look. So you do kind of get the bouncy, the bats, the slow flapping bats and it's stuff. Not, yeah. It's it, kind yeah. of deliberate. I mean, they do a good job. They're good looking bats and they, you can't see the strings or anything mm. like that. But they are clearly, do, you know, they are intentionally making it the same way. I, the original movies. I, I mean, I like I like the bat that you see like the side profile of when it's hanging upside down. It just kind well, of screeches, it. and that it's great. They they give you the oldie version, and then they go, and this is what we do now, yeah. kind of thing. And yeah. you get like a really nice shot of the kind of like the the hand that excuse yeah. me, the hand with the webbed fingers yes. and the mm. long fingers and all that. that's going on. Here's the eighties version. Yeah. So I I really like that it kept kept bouncing backwards and forwards yeah. between between those two kind of schools. So we have our flashback that sets up really a good grounding of what we need to know. Yeah. Van Helsing was trying to banish Dracula and all of his evil cohorts basically into limbo. And sadly they blew it as the crawl told us. Yeah. And then we got to see, and then we're in, in present day, well, present day, 1987, but our title cards basically says, present day and we're at a high school in america small town america um i do i mean i i do chuckle at some of the scenes we get to see uh at the school but at the same time this is when we start bumping into this was the late 80s crawling into the 90s so language was different you know yeah i mean yeah i mean we're not even close to the 90s no this is this is firmly 80s yeah yeah that's it it's, it's, it's yes it's 1987 but 
we're still very much an 80s mindset, especially when the script was written. So definitely. Yeah. I mean, you can you can definitely compare this to, say, Stranger Things. Yes. You, you can tell there's a difference between the 80s mm. and, you know, not a uh, version. Not, yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, I, I love the fact that they're in the, the I guess it was the principal. I think it was the principal uh, office getting told off for drawing. Yeah. People's heads on bodies of yeah 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 a spider with human a spider, head. spider with human head and and yeah. that must have freaked you about stage you probably didn't like that although it was no pretty, it was just a doodle it was fun. it was it was a crude <laughs> doodle though it wasn't great it wasn't a great I thought it was you know. a crab modern spider yeah but I yeah but also I mean typical teacher who's like I get it I was young I was hip I got monsters you know yeah, what I I what I liked about it is you get these cat they're all nicely drawn characters yeah. He's got his own little thing, you know. He's not yeah. just, you know, the shouty principal. He, you know, he's been he's been written. He's been given a character and stuff like that. And Leo, yeah. Well, you think monsters are cool? Well, I think science. Science is cool. Is cool. And I'm like and you, you. And you go, bellend. yeah. <laughs> Nerd. Absolute bellend. <laughs> we we know those kind yeah. of teachers. Yeah, we had a few of those. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we continue through, and they. <laughs> Have a teacher that they call Meow Mix. I think. Yeah, with with a cat shaped head. Cat shaped head, and it's and not. I, I, again, it, I wondered if that's a reference. Yeah, you because know, it's obviously it's all references to old. Universal I think Miami. it's. If that's a reference to cat people. I think it is a little to cat people. Yeah. Because she uh, kind of looks like one of the actresses in Cat People. I because, can't remember her name. Yeah, because her hair is also starting sort of sort of like Wolverine. victory roles, weren't they? Yeah. So like, yeah. Um. So yes, yeah, a bit bit like cat people so would it's that era but it but it did i rem, i remember really hooting at that first time yeah. i saw it where yeah. they say i said just a perfectly set up gag really where they say oh well she, you know she's kind of boring and she's got you know a funny shaped head she looks like a cat yeah and then you know cut to the teacher who looks like a cat like a cat know? and um you know what they tell you about the cat people and people with cat shaped heads and then bump into her and everything that's it and that worked for yeah, me that, that worked. did make me yeah poop. no i i enjoyed that too and um oh but yeah we meet we meet that's when we meet sean and patrick so mm-hmm. our our two of our leading uh monster squad characters um and they're and, di- and great they're, actors. Are, they are good little say, actors. We've got yeah. a really good cast of kids in this. You do get a real good sense that these guys are friends. You, yeah. You know, they're back, they're back and forth and their speech isn't slow. It's very, the patter is really quick. Yeah. And it's, and it, I, yeah, one of the, one of the, again, sorry to keep bashing this YouTube reviewer, but one <laughs> of the things he had a beef with was, was uh, do these kids like each other? The way they talk to each other. And I thought, dude, that's exactly how we used to talk to our mates. Basically, we were, yeah. We kids. That's li- maybe it's a, you know, I don't No, It can't be a British thing because it's an American writer. So it's got to, you know, that's how you talk to your mates and worse. Yeah, I know you, you know? are, but what am I? You know? Yeah, all that kind of stuff. So that 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 kind of banter backwards and forwards, that completely on PC banter. Yes. Completely rang, rang true to me. Yeah. And yeah. authentic. Oh yeah, it's absolutely like that when I was growing up. Yeah. Complete, completely. Um, so we we meet those two, and yes, they 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 use a few words that we would not use today at all. Yeah. Um, and actually, the actors have said that if the film was made today, there's there's lots of things they would change, which does include a lot of the language. Yeah. 
used that's derogatory or slurs. Mm. Um, and I, th- just... I, th- I think, yeah, it's when you've got your, your good guy characters using that stuff. Like, they're not, like there's, a, there's the, the, the school bully who, who uses, yeah. like, homosexual slurs against um, Fatty, yeah. against Horace. Yeah. That, I think that's, that's, he's the baddie, he's a bully, of course he's going to use language like that. I think it, it becomes more problematic when you've got, you know, who your heroes are supposed saying to, it. Yeah, you can yeah. lose. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, I think the one thing, because I, I always find this sort of thing difficult when I'm watching older movies now, because I've grown up as somebody who is, you know, uh, very online. I know a lot of people, I know a wide breadth yeah. of people. I'm aware of how language can affect people uh, because mm. of that and all that sort of stuff. So I, I do worry sometimes that I'm going to watch an old film and just be like cringing the entire way through because it's oh it's awkward. But the one thing I will say about this is that back when so this this came out in '87, which was like I was only two. Um, mm-hmm. But even like when I was at like sort of junior and primary school, I remember bully kids saying things like that to me in like yeah. the early '90s, uh, like very because they are bullying little assholes yeah so. and i think kids just use anything that's mildly they don't even get the context of stuff yeah a so lot, of the, a lot of the stuff kids were saying was like because they know it's naughty <laughs> yes yeah, exactly. <laughs> that, that's exactly. it exactly you Here kind of you want to be particularly those early teen years yeah you know you're you're you know you're, you're, you're trying just, to be big you're trying to be clever exactly and, and you'll hear it yeah and you'll hear it on tv or you might hear older kids or adults use it that aren't necessarily yeah. your your parents or your siblings yeah. and you'll just think it's cool to use it without knowing anything about what those words really mean we all i think back in the day we all sort of did it probably oh, one, yeah. way, I mean, one I way or another yeah I I know. I'm, I'm so glad social media and shit didn't exist <laughs> me too because yeah. the, the bilge i'd spout yeah you yeah know? and it, you know, it's as part of growing up and learning hopefully you yeah, know you, you, you know you learn better exactly you know? You should, you should do at least, yeah. You may have But, yes, the, 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 these are the little things we start bumping into. Um, but after we've met Patrick and Sean, we then do meet Horace, uh, yeah. otherwise known as Fat Kid. He is known yeah. as Fat Kid by his friends and fellow Monster Club, Monster Squad yeah. friends and members. Um, but unfortunately, he is being picked on by the bully EJ and EJ's best friend. Yeah. And this is exactly like you say, Lee, this is when we start hearing the um, homophobic yeah. slurs. The, the, the spicy meatball. Words. Yes, yes, quite. And um, But then we meet when they, they start, <laughs> because Horace calls him an asshole, and he's absolutely right to do it. He's such oh, an asshole. That's so I love that. Done. It's so well yeah, done. Doing his ventriloquist voice. Yeah. Just such an asshole. Like he's, like he's not going <laughs> to know who said it. I said you're an asshole. <laughs> and then it turns into him beating him up. But actually what he's, it's not like he's really, it's not like he's actually punching him. He's sort of slapping him around. But yeah, it, that's making me like I'm making light of it and I'm not making light of it because it's, it's bullying and it's wrong. Yeah. Um, but it's not like in, in other films, how they portray, portray bullying, or even in some of today's films, how they portray bullying, it's, where it's, it's literally yeah. closed fist and beating the living yeah, snot out of someone. Yeah, exactly. Or it's not like, say, in It, where, what's it, like Henry Bowers? No, exactly. Gets, gets the flick knife out. It's, and it's more of off. a, it's sort of like when your older sibling would sit on top of you and like tap yeah. your head from side, your face from side to side. Yeah. yeah. Not doing it to be painful, but doing it to wind you up and whatever. Yeah. 
but hitting yourself yeah that sort of thing but then this is happening and all of a sudden and i when this guy arrived on the screen when i first saw it i had such a crush on him (laughs) (laughs) such a crush when when i was watching this rich was also in the room and uh and so this guy like pops up on his bike and rich just went did this did he just come straight from the 19 fucking 50s? Yes. <laughs> yes. That's the, that's the guy. That's, that's, that's the guy. His leather loafers, his turned up blue jeans, his leather white jacket, white socks. He's, he's, I mean, he's riding a push bike. Yeah. You know? yeah. That's, I think, yeah, I think that's the kind of stuff that you, you get the gag later. I didn't get that gag at all. Yeah. The first yeah. time I, you know, I saw it. I just, it's just the kid. And there you go. Oh no, he, he. That's why he's unpopular. That's why he's an outsider. He's he's living in the fifties. He's he's a kid at a time. Yeah, you yeah. Know? But and the kid we're talking about is Rudy. Yeah. Who I gathered is is he, he obviously is. He's a lot older than the other kids. I he must I, be a senior. I, I get the gist. He's about fifteen, sixteen. Yeah, I I got the impression he was like in a senior senior class yeah. member. Um, but he arrives and he is apparently friends with Horace otherwise known as Fat Kid, mm-hmm. and uh, comes in and strikes his match off of his shoe and has a smoke. Another thing that you would not really see in today's pictures, kids, is... No, uh, certainly not in like a family, yeah. Certainly not, not in a family, family film, no. Oh, oh. But sparks up his cigarette and shifts his glasses back over his very well-greased, spiky hair, yeah. which still stays spiked when he pushes his, hair, his, <laughs> his glasses back on it. Um we knew just, how to do hair gel back in the early. We did, yeah, we did, yeah. But I love it because he gets he gets payback on the bully, and I love it. I think it's so good because it, I, it, again, it just doesn't hang around. No, it, yeah, there's no, you know, you're not given any motivation for why he does it. You don't know if they're if they're friends, if he knows him, if he's a friend of the family, if he's a cousin, away, or if he just was passing and just doesn't passing, like doesn't like bullies. what he's seeing, so he steps in, you know. Tells EJ to pick up the Snickers bar that he's thrown on the floor out of Horace's hand and stepped on and tells him to eat it. And mm. EJ does. Yeah. And you're just like Horace. You're really feeling happy and smug about that. It's like, yeah, you get yours, <laughs> you bastard. You get yours. Yeah. And I I, said, I love that moment. I think it's great. Think it, it's is really a, great. It's, it is a nice little moment. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's, so you just you just get that little snippet straight away of your like four main characters and what their characters are like straight away and this yeah. is be- this is before we even know that the monsters have come back and all mm-hmm. hell is going to break loose um and then we get to another part of the patrick and sean where they're just having an argument about monsters yeah so they because they, is it their treehouse their clubhouse yeah, they're walking back home after oh, school okay. and they're walking, oh, right. back yeah, to yeah. The, they're walking back to the treehouse. And that's when we met Phoebe, Sean's little sister, Yeah, who is as annoying as any little sister can be. Yeah, but also a crack I was actress. Like yeah, she's I great. loved her. I think I she's did. great. Yeah, I absolutely loved now? her. Yeah, now I'm going, oh, she's the star of this bloody thing. Her and Horace are the main characters, really. It's their, they've got the arcs that go yeah. on. Yeah. She's a Miss Sassy Pants. I liked yeah. her. Well, that's 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 the thing that I liked because I, I've I've said this before on other podcasts. I tend to have kind of a problem with fil- films that centre on kids because by and large, it's actually really hard to find genuinely good child actors that aren't yeah. annoying as fuck 
or yeah. just dreadful like mm. you know clearly reading off a cue card behind the camera yeah. kind of shit yeah um yeah. so i was quite impressed by the level of like acting prowess from like all the kids in this oh yeah, yeah. But, but i loved her because she she was very little sister uh, yeah. she was very much like excusez-moi why aren't you yeah. paying more attention to me? Why can't I be in your monster club? What? Just because <laughs> yeah. I'm a girl and I'm little. Yeah. I bet fuck you. I mean, she never swore, obviously. But well, she like, did swear. She did I look, well, yeah. I did, yeah. But I loved that sort of attitude from her of like, excuse yeah. me, I can fight monsters as well. Uh, don't I love don't that. be overlooking me because I'm small and a girl. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what I really love about that treehouse scene where they're quizzing Rudy to join the club. He has to answer all the monster questions. Yeah. And I love you get that that bang on the club door and it's Phoebe and she's like mum says you have to let me in the club yeah it's like there's no girls allowed and she's like that's prescription it's like (laughs) you mean discrimination but I love the fact that Phoebe knows that it's (laughs) that it is a word that it is a thing that it's it's not fair and it shouldn't be that girls aren't allowed and I she may have got the word wrong but the intention behind the word she knows yeah she knows and I love and she's what like five yeah, Six. I guess. Yeah, I'd say five. Something like yeah. that. Oh, and, and also, before we get to here, we also get a very quick snippet of an introduction of Scary German Guy. Yeah. Yeah. The street, um, which we, we, we come to him again later, which is very important and a very important backstory. Well, yeah, I think I think one of the themes, not to get too deep, but I think one of the themes is um, about how people you know redeem themselves, but also how you can misjudge yes people. yeah yeah and, absolutely. and you know, so so scary german guy clearly isn't a scary german guy when they get to know him they just assume it yeah when you've got frankenstein who who's, looks like a monster but he's super friendly yeah and stuff like that it, it's it kind of recurs um throughout absolutely. the song these, these little things which i think aren't necessarily hugely important but it adds a bit of texture to a very small film very you know quick film yeah and i think this is what kind of separates you know this as a as a as a little horror straight to video quickie than a lot mm. of others than say all the the manufactured kind of like the asylum mockbusters that you get now which are deliberately out to make a shit film yeah and you go but yeah. could you try you yeah, make mm. a decent film mm. and you, you put some effort in and you know and you might actually make a which decent film it's exactly what they did here because now yeah. now now folks we're coming to the section that apparently these youtube reviewers completely missed because here it comes Sean and Phoebe get called for dinner by their mum, who is also the mum from the Goonies, and I love that connection because fucking awesome. She, she, I mean, to be honest, she was just in every film in the eighties. She was, and she was, she was, she was eighties mum, movie mum, you know. But he comes in and he finds a book on a kitchen table, and it's like, what is this? Oh, she says, I got that for you up at that like, auction up at sh- that that old house on Shadowbrook Road. Yeah. And he's like, straight away, this is Van Helsing's diary. Holy shit, you know. I mean, see, and that's, that's a nice little thing, right? Yeah. Because he's clearly obsessed with monsters and horror and stuff like that. And she recognises and, and they're both, in, you know, both his parents encourage him or don't yes. discourage him. Yeah. So his mom buys him that book and his dad takes him to horror movies. And you do, know, we, we get this sort of stuff, and he, or he watches horror movies with him and stuff like that. Yeah, I find that like really cool. That's a really this is this is really cool, and it's also it's going against what is considered a rule of horror movies, which is that the parents are either absent or they're not interested in their children. Yeah, especially teenagers. Whereas Sean and Phoebe's parents, 
like you just said, they're invested, they're interested, they want to share in what their kids are interested in as well. And she buys them a book from an old house. And she's like, so that's the uh, Van Helsing, right? So that's the guy that, you know, uh, fights a really tall one or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah, he, he fights Godzilla. Godzilla, that was it. It's like that fights Godzilla. He, he so, goes, no, Dracula. Yeah. Who's the really tall one? You go, that's, that's Godzilla. Godzilla. I love that too. I think that's a lovely little moment. See, there would be a sequel. The Monster uh, Squad versus Godzilla. Godzilla. <laughs> no, I, I, I'd pay to see that. I'd watch that. But it, just, again, it's just these lovely little moments. But there is also your setup. It's yeah. it's it's, it's it, right there. It doesn't, right it, there. Doesn't, it doesn't spend. I mean, like, I'm sure like in the exercise 13 minutes, there probably was a bit more of explanation about what this house was, because it's clearly where Van Helsing's descendants, I guess. Mm-hmm. Or is is like apostles or whatever have been hanging out, and that's where they've got the amulet hidden yeah. away and all this yeah. kind of stuff. You don't need to know that. You only need to know what Sean knows. I think when he knows it. When I first watched this, I think I took it as Shadowbrook Road. Oh, that sounds creepy. Must be a yeah, creepy old yeah, exactly. That was it. That's yeah, enough. you don't. Like I say, there's there's sometimes films do not describe things enough for you, but this is the kind of film where it's like. You don't you don't need any of that to understand that he now yeah. has Van Helsing's book, but it's in German and he can't read it. And yeah, like yeah. that's 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 why we're going to speak to you know scary yeah, German. That's, that's the important detail. That's yeah. the detail that it's yeah. in German. You know? Exactly, exactly. So so we've met the kids. Yeah. And now have if we I had this, have we had the scene with the aeroplane at this? This point? is where we're going because this is what okay. I'm just. That's what I, I think that's where we get. I'm, Maybe I'm muddled, but that's where I'm heading to next. Okay. Because, because now we're in this old, what, 1940s. Yeah, it's World War II bomber. Bomber and these it's, two it's, guys. And yeah, I love the, these these two guys have got one of the shortest scenes in the film. Yeah. And it's a brilliant, funny scene. It's, it's a terrific scene. It's so, it's so much fun. And he's yeah. like, I hate my life. I'm, I'm up here. I'm, in a, I'm flying a World War II bomber. I've got dead people in the back. What is my life? That's it. So you got, you got, you got I want to, I want to name check the actors. You got David Proval as the pilot and and Daryl Anderson as the co-pilot. David Proval, you might recognise again, another super prolific character actor was in Mean Streets, was in Shawshank Redemption, was in The Sopranos, and he's terrific in this scene. And this is what I was talking about of where all the little minor characters get their moment. Mm-hmm. They're they're in the film for what two minutes, if that. Yeah. They're fully and it's so it's sketched characters. Yeah, and it's so memorable. Yeah, and, and he's I love it. The co-pilot is like, do they com- they're dead? Do they complain? Do they ask for peanuts? <laughs> no. And then they hear a bump. You should guys. Yeah. If you're if you're in a scary movie and you hear a bump in the back room behind you, don't investigate. Don't thing. investigate. Don't know. I'm just glad he didn't say, "I'll be right back." <laughs> but it, it, here's a here's a tip from us I've never seen. Don't go and check things out. Just no. don't. <laughs> but he does. And I love the fact that his mate, his co-worker, his co-pilot just says, OK, you do that. I'll stay here. I'll make spooky sounds. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so he goes uh, to the back of the plane. And lo and behold, there's, there's lots of wooden crates that are all coffins. Mm. And he uh, happens to find a scary dude. <laughs> That's it, yeah. Just a guy just standing it's just, there. It's just a guy in a in a really, you know, full length cape and lovely frilly front shirt. I mean, you would say blouse probably, looking really sharp, you yeah. know. And 
he looks very American today. Um, but his slick back hair and everything in his. <laughs> and of course, we know who it is. It's Dracula. Um, they have a little bit of a tussle. Yeah, <laughs> and he opens the the, it, the Bombay doors. He opens the doors. And this is where we get our sort of our 1980s special effects. Because obviously the, the coffin, because it's Frankenstein's yeah. coffin. We see that it says, um, I believe it says Castle Frankenstein, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So that falls out in some other bits. But uh, I love that Dracula just sort of stands there and looks and then he just folds his arms. Yeah. His legs sort of stretched out and like half star, whatever. And then the effects change him into a bat, which, do you know what? For its time and its budget, mm. it weren't half bad. And then no, it went, it, then it went a little bit shit. <laughs> <You know? laughs> then, it, then it did go to the rubber bat. and it, The fluffy it, bat, yeah. Yeah. And it, it probably wasn't as strong. Um, but yeah. you know, practical effects, pre-CGI, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So it's you know, I I think you know for the time they're really nice looking, and again they're they're kind of justified. There's there's a reason they you know mm. these guns. Mm. But that's but again that was that was the, the I mean because it's not like a cheap you know you got no. you got the A team on on these these yeah. effects you know yeah I think Richard Edland is the is is doing the visual effects who did you know Ghostbusters. Star Wars, yeah. Legends of the Lost Art. So these aren't, you know. Yeah. Did you did you notice, guys, like when they did, because um, I think we may have jumped ahead a little bit and then come back. But did you notice at the end of this scene where Dracula and that falls, piece falls through the uh, the plane mm. and, that, and, you, and you see sort of the black and the red of his cape. And did you notice in the cut edit when it goes from that scene into Sean's back garden, it almost looked like Dracula was there standing, watching over, but it, he couldn't have been there. But they had like a black and red cape or cloak going on in the bushes just outside of Sean's treehouse. And that's always grabbed my attention. That no, but I did, I do, I did notice that kind of like when he opens the Bombay doors, um, Dracula's cape flies off. Yes. So maybe yeah. that's just a way of saying, oh, he's flying right over there, town uh. there. Maybe lands in his. I don't know. I I didn't notice. I'm just speculating. Uh, yeah, I didn't. <laughs> well, I mean, I do love when they meet scary German guy, and yeah. scary German guy <clears> does <throat> uh, translate Van Helsing's diary for them. So now we get to the point where, oh shit, shit's going to go down. We've got to stop Dracula because we know that he's here. Yeah, Very. I do. I just want to mention with talking a scary German guy. There's there's a really nice moment that I thought was a really nice moment. Now, clearly, they think he's a bad guy. And they do the switcheroo where you think he's going to be a killer. And then he cuts to him with a big knife and he's basically cutting them a piece of pie. And it's like, who wants more pie? Which is really nice. Yeah. Yeah. And he reads, reads the translation, blah, 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 skips ahead. And they leave and they're like, oh, gee whiz. And he goes, yeah, you thought I was a monster. Well, I can't be a vampire because I've got a reflection look. And so they go, oh, gee whiz, you, you sure know a lot really? about monsters. And he goes, yeah. yes, I do. And he closes the door and you can see he's got like an Auschwitz tattoo yeah. on his yeah. arm, which I thought was a really neat moment. It's not signposted or anything like that. You know, it's just a moment. It's just, it's just yeah. nicely done. Yeah. And again, it's all like about, you know, there's monsters and then there's monsters. You yeah. Know? But here's, here's a thing I found really interesting and i and i did mention it to lee once and it was uh so they now know that to uh 
uh, enact the portal to get rid of the monsters, especially Dracula, they need a virgin. Yeah. Um, now, um, the strange thing is, all of these young boys are under about, they're definitely under 16, probably under yeah. 15. Yeah. And not one of them has considered the fact that all of them are virgins. Yeah, it's just taken for red that it <laughs> must be a girl. Now, yeah. I can quite easily headcanon this. Like, as I said, like when we were talking about it last night in that what that it's, you know, the, what they mean is maiden, not necessarily virgin. It's like an error in translation. Uh-huh. What they mean is maiden. Yeah. Because, you know, the whole the virgin maiden thing goes back in mythology, sacrifices to dragons and all that kind of stuff. Feet, you know, feeding on the female power and all that kind of stuff. I can I can headcanon that. I think if it was made now, that wouldn't be an assumption. Anymore. No, I'd be changed now. That'd be changed um, now. They, they would, there would be a discussion and yeah. probably quite a funny scene where they're all arguing and, and all of it, all these like 13 year olds are denying that they're. <laughs> I've definitely done it. I know what I've done it several times on Oh, the, yeah, on I'm the, doing it all the time. No, I did it just now. You weren't even looking, but I did. <laughs> Which is brilliant because when you get to, you know, to the third act of the film and Patrick's older sister, who, by the way, is never given a name. She's just oh, credited yes, as. It's called um, Lisa, I think, isn't it? Lisa or Lucy, I can't remember. Um, why, the, if that, why didn't they put that in the credits in a movie? She was just put as Patrick's sister. How yeah. weird. She, yeah, so, but, yeah, but, yeah but Lisa, I, yeah. I, I love that when we get towards end of, uh, or you know, in, in the third act, and she's she's read all the German with the with the German guy, even though sometimes she's like gone, yeah, yeah, what he said. I love that bit. Yeah. And then of course the portal doesn't open, and he's like, "Are you sure you're a virgin?" Well, there was such and such, but he doesn't count. Yeah. So, <laughs> what I thought was odd about that was that why would you assume the virginity was a problem when she clearly couldn't speak German? The German. <laughs> <laughs> like, the, like the problem well, I, absolutely I think, was yeah, she I, was going, uh, 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 yeah, yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah I mean that's a that's a gag. That's a good mm. gag. You know, it's like, well, you're so focused on the virgin bit, you forget about the German <laughs> bit. You know. Yeah. Yeah. But what yeah. what I did did because then obviously they they find out they go well what about uh, Phoebe the five-year-old yeah so she reads it and what i really like is she really reads that well she's got yeah, a german accent yeah, everything yeah. she really <laughs> you're going oh that's that really works and she's doing she should have gotten her straight away yeah so um which is again this is what i find what she's one of the most important characters mm. i mean i mean we skipped the whole kind of arc with her finding frankenstein and befriending frankenstein and and the whole scene where Frankenstein finds her sitting by the lake. Which, which is a complete echo of the Frankenstein yeah, movie. the original movie. Yeah. yeah. yeah so that's that. quite a sinister moment. If you know that scene in the original, that's a very sinister moment that yeah. goes really nice and really, you know, plays off really. And apparently, that's what Boris Karloff wanted to do in mm. the original movie. He wanted him to befriend the little girl. And I went, no, you're going to have to kill the little girl. So... <laughs> So, and it's a, horror, it's a genuine <laughs> horrifying moment in the movie. It is, yeah. It's yeah. one of the few still very chilling moments. Absolutely. Uh, that whole little subplot in the film, a lot of it is very, you know, broad and, you know, creatures and stuff like that, and very, you know, overblown. That that moment really stings still. But, but not in Monster Squad. In no, Monster no, no. Squad, Phoebe befriends him, 
and basically does an ET with him and does fancy dress with him. Yeah. And yeah, you got, yeah, thought, and you got that I nice that moment. Was so sweet because one of the one of the things I really liked about this movie was the fact that the writing is such that, like you were saying earlier, like everything feels quite natural, like the banter between the kids, mm-hmm. you know, the way the parents are acting with the kids. Because like, the, the thing I really liked about the parents as well was like they're clearly having problems, but they're also like really trying to prioritise their kids where they can. Yeah. So like they're not terrible people. They're just having a hard time, which is nice because usually when you get a subplot of like parents breaking up, it's because one of them is a giant asshole. Mm. Uh, whereas this was just like, no, they're just struggling, isn't it? They're just with, like adult yeah. life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's hard, isn't it? Um, yeah. And that's what I really liked about that section where she sort of befriends uh, like Frankenstein's monster because it's very sort of like. Um, yeah just adorable that this kid is like seeing this like monstrous thing and just gone well i don't give a fuck we we'll yeah. just play t- we we'll just play together let's just play together it's fine yeah, uh, yeah and i'm like that's so so completely sweet and lovely um and i will say as well like because we haven't really touched much on the actual monsters themselves but i loved uh i mean you talked about the um the creature uh, yeah. from the lagoon it, like that costume that suit is absolutely gorgeous and i was a bit miffed actually that that, that the creature wasn't in the movie an awful lot because <laughs> yeah, i was like yeah, well, none of them are unfortunately There's yeah not um, the mummy should have been more and the mummy was quite funny yeah. well, I did, well i did like the mummy because I the like mummy gets quite an extended like sort of death kind of it's sequence it's yeah. very yeah. fun um so even cool. though even though you can see it coming from a mile off because that's how you get rid of mummies isn't it you just unravel them yeah, yeah. But, um but it was very like I thought it was very well done the way they did him like like off the back of the car and like unraveling and turning to dust. So I was like, that's really clever. And I loved uh, the Wolfman transformation. Oh, um, that was yeah. good. Yeah. But I did find it hilarious. And I, I said this to Rich when we were watching it. I was like, this is so funny. When he's in the police station and he's like, lock me up. I'm a werewolf. You've got to lock me up. But then he starts fighting the policeman and I'm like, let them lock you up you dumb shit (laughs) (laughs) i was getting so cross i was like mate stop running away maybe and then they can fucking lock you up what are you doing yeah Uh, but the yeah the transformation for that was great because i uh, i haven't seen any making of stuff like this but when i was younger and i will say i have reevaluated my opinions quite dramatically as a grown-up but when i was younger i was obsessed with Michael Jackson and his music and uh, and the thriller video was like fucking oh my god like just blew my tiny mind and I had a VHS of thriller followed by like a big making of thing and it Mm. I wore that that VHS tape until it one of the best selling (laughs) videos in the history of videos I think yeah I cried I cried when I stopped working because we couldn't get it again after that. And I was like, oh, well, how am I going to watch it? Just losing my tiny mind about it. But like, I love those sorts of practical effects where, especially if you've seen like those sorts of um, behind the scenes kind of things, you can figure out like roughly how they're doing it, but it still looks yeah. like a horrible, painful, disgusting transformation. Um but it's so like well done and the yeah the costume at the end is like great mm. um so yeah i was I, I will be honest so i think this movie is the perfect example of something i would love if i'd seen it as a kid mm. and watched it frequently since then uh, yeah. but i think watching it as an adult a lot of the stuff that it did for me was was not really to do with the film itself but was more sort of like yeah clever practical effects and good costumes and yeah. 
yeah um I wasn't I wasn't as invested in the story as maybe I should have been and especially once I realized that I'd already seen the ending and I already knew what happened to Frankenstein <laughs> and I was already upset about it I was yeah. like, well, that's well. <laughs> I mean, speaking of upset, I remember being a kid and having watched that, and that ending used to make me cry. I it used is to have really emotional. She's screaming for him, and yeah. he's just like accepted the fact that look, I've got a die. Yeah. But, <laughs> I mean, how amazing though is it that um that scene between Dracula and Phoebe? When Dracula picks up yeah. Phoebe by her chin and she's obviously very scared and she starts to uh, yell or scream, but he just like hisses in her face yeah. mm. and she starts. And then and then Frankenstein's monster is there and grabs Dracula by the back of his neck and throws him away onto. onto the well, spine. I mean, the, the famous thing or the, or the interesting thing about that scene is that. You know, they were all very careful about, you know, being the monsters being around the little girl. And she was fine with them completely. She mm. didn't like Duncan Rieger in his vampire makeup at yeah. all. Not surprising. The, the actual creatures she was fine with. She knew that those were make believe. Yeah. But but Dracula was just a freaky looking guy with red eyes. And she yeah. didn't yeah. like that at all. Yeah. So when she's sort of side eyeing him. That's her genuinely side-eyeing, <laughs> side-eyeing the guy who's walking towards her, you know? Yeah. And and the bit where they didn't tell her, they kind of, there's a bit where Dracula lifts her up by her chin. And one of the things I really like, actually, is Dracula treats these kids as equals. He treats them yes. as genuine enemies. He's not yeah. fucking around with mm. these. He blows up their base because that's what you do to undermine your enemy kind of thing. He blows mm. up their trio. That's such a mean fucking thing to do to <laughs> yeah. kids. But he's yeah. like, he's he's not screwing around. He's doing yeah. that. Because then he, he blows up the cop car with uh, yeah. the dad's partner in it and kills yeah. him. And then I got freaked. I used to get freaked out all the time because Del, Sean's dad, fires his gun at Dracula, which obviously the bullets go straight through him into a, yeah. base, a wooden framed house. And his wife steps out. And just for a moment, when I first saw this, I was like, shit, he shot his wife. Yeah. That would have been a nasty twist, fine. wouldn't it? That would have been a twist, wouldn't it? He didn't, but I did. Yeah, I loved how calmly she left the house after there was like shenanigans and gunshots outside, and she just pokes her head out the door. Like, like, what? Well, what's if you pay attention, she was again? leaving. She's packed her bags. If you, if you, oh look, yeah, the, the, the hall, her bags yeah. are packed. Yeah, that's so right. She, she was on her way out. Brilliantly, she was packing her bags, hadn't realised that neither of her children were in the house. Just going to scarf her in the night. Know, Especially as... Thing, I guess maybe that's why she hadn't gone yet. You know? Well, of course, the other thing is that she had lit a candle for Phoebe to say, well, when this is lit, you'll be safe. Yeah. And that's also a fire hazard, but we won't oh, go there. Do you know what? That that really upset me because I've got a bit of a thing. I'm not a parent, so, you know, maybe take this with a pinch of salt. But I've got a thing about kid, about parents that do things like that and lie to the kids about stuff like that because it's very easy for a candle to just go out, right? Yeah. And yeah. so if you say to a kid, ain't nothing going to get you if this candle is lit, and then you close the bedroom door and the draft blows the candle out. <laughs> that kid's going to exactly, like, I'm fucking dead. <laughs> which is exactly what happens, but it's played as, uh-oh, the candle's yeah. gone out, shit's going down, shit's yeah. happening. One well, of see, my... if I was that child, I'd be absolutely, like, I'd be in a proper state. I'd be like, well, yeah. this is it, my whole family are going to die in some horrible accident. I'd be awake all night, just anxiety, just, just absolute 
terror. Oh. I hate, I, like, I really hate stuff like that. I was like, what, why would you tell your kids that? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because it, if they're not going to sleep, you will tell them anything. Oh. You, whatever works. It, it, it worked for Phoebe because she just yeah. turns right over, gra- grabs the dog, little, little cuddly dog, and just yeah. goes straight to sleep. I wish I could go to sleep like that, oh, honestly. Can, can I just mention one of my favourite, favourite, favourite moments? And it's a tiny little moment. Yeah, because I'm going to do mine after yours. It's when the mummy is hiding in Eugene oh, Martin's closet. <laughs> it it is such a good in. scene oh. where you know, he, he wakes up, goes to get his dad and says, there's a monster in my room. And the dad, and now the dad you, you will recognise because he was in Die Hard. He was the passenger in the plane yeah. next to Bruce Willis at the start of Die Hard who tells him to take his socks and shoes off and makes fist with his toes. He's really good. He, he's, he's got a lovely little moment. He shouldn't be that good in that tiny scene. There's, there's no need for him to put in mm. that good a performance when he comes in and he's like, come on, go, you know, just playing up for the kid, go, get out of here, all you monsters, you know, shooting him out. You on the bed, I can sit, get Yeah, out. all that kind of stuff, you know. <laughs> and he goes, no, it's in the closet. And he opens the closet and does the whole, oh, no, look at the big, scary monsters pulling the face. And then, of course, we can see behind him, there's, there's a fucking mummy in <laughs> Which is just phenomenal. That, that, I think that was the bit that was in the trailer that sold me mm. on the film. I, and I went, it's, that's it. It's one of my favourite moments that I love it. I, and like Stace, I love that little bit because ah, 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 you under the bed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. My one of my absolute favourite of this, and I think it's um, it's got it's got to be a fan favourite. Is when the kids, uh, when Horace, Eugene, I don't know why Eugene's there, he's so useless with his dog. <laughs> How does that dog what get a, in the treehouse? That's a great dog. Anyway, but um, <laughs> Horace and Sean and Eugene and the dog, they're all at the Shadowbrook Road house, which the number, by the way, is 666. Of course. Of course it is. Of course it is. And they're there, and then they start, basically, they get attacked. They have Frankenstein with them too, but he gets knocked out. Anyway, they get attacked by uh, Dracula and Dracula's bride, and then the Wolfman. And the Wolfman's there, and he's like, he's in the middle of Horace and, and Sean, so they can't really get away. And Sean is just screaming, kick him in the nards, kick him in the nards. It took me forever to realise he was saying nards and not nuts. But never yeah, mind. Well, nards is nuts. Of it's, course, it's, of course it's. You know. we, we used to call them nads. When we, yeah, yeah. Like, that's what we called them, nads. Go nads, so he's yeah. Like, Go yeah. nads, yeah. It's like, kick him in the nards, kick him. Wolfman doesn't have nards. Do it, do it. Boom. Oh, Wolfman's got a lipstick I bet. Yeah, I bet he has. And then I love, but I just love that whole. Oh, Wolfman's got nards. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then they, I just, I, lo- I love it. I love that it. That is, yeah, it's kind of like the literary, the literary. Yeah. Well, apparently that's that's the line that's really stuck. Of course, the one that I like best is the one that follows that later. These kind of like, you know, fat kids redemption moments. Oh yes. Which is yeah. uh, again one of the great punch to the air. Yeah. moments in cinema history where um the, the monsters are attacking the town uh the gill man's coming after uh horace, horace. yeah and there's, there's you know there's dead cops everywhere he, and horace picks up a shotgun off one of the dead cops <laughs> and tries to get into a, a store into a, a shop and then uh, uh, ej ej the bully yeah. the two bullies are in the store and he's banging on the door going let me in let me in and they're just chicken shit and not letting him in and the you know the the girl man's getting closer and horace blasts him you know they're going uh i can't remember what the exact line is something like 
Oh yeah, he, he blasts him with the with the gun. With the, he? With the gun. Yeah, he blasts him with the yeah. sh- with the shotgun yeah. and kills him. Yeah. And which is a great moment. And then the the two bullies come out and go and say something like, "Oh, way to go, fat kid." Yeah, good job. Yeah. Good and job. he and he turns around, pumps the shotgun, and goes, "My name is Horace." <laughs> and that is one of the most phenomenal redemptive moments in in cinema history. I think it's so that, good. That I mean, and and I think that's the whole. That's Horace's arc right there. Mm. He's, you know, the, the fat kid thing is gone. He's yeah. his own man. He'll, he'll never be fat kid again. He'll exactly. always be Horace. That's the reason. That's It's the, so good. And yeah. I and the, there's that whole montage scene of when they're getting ready for the battle. And yeah, 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 yeah. the mum discovers that her silverware is gone because Rudy's making it into silver bullets because he can yeah. do that I, in the shop. <laughs> I, thought, I thought this sequence was great purely because of the song that they chose oh, to go with. It yeah, everybody. Has fuck, fuck all to do with anything. No, it's, <laughs> I love it. Because usually in those sequences, the song is basically like, I'm recapping the film for you and here's what's going to happen. They're making <laughs> some weapons. They're going to kill some monsters tonight. But this is just like, have a fucking laugh. <laughs> do a little dance, lads. And you're like, hold on, what? Oh, it's so good. <laughs> yeah. you know, the, Michael Sembello. Yeah. yeah, Michael Cimbello, who did uh, Maniac for Flashdance. So oh. he, he is, and he is so 80s. I've never seen that. <laughs> uh, oh, I, it's, I, it's, yeah, you're all right. <laughs> all right. So, uh, yeah, and he does, he does, of course, he does the rap over the end titles as well, which oh, is agonizingly so 80s. bad. White guy yeah. rapping, he's just so 80s. Yeah. But I kind of love it at the same yeah. time. That's when they recap the entire film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I do, I do love that when, when like a, a movie, when the song for a movie is basically here's the plot, here's the film, but in song form. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, the whole eighty. I think we've mentioned it before. The whole eighties thing is that you have to have a song over the end titles with the title of the movie yep. in it. Yep. Has to be done. You know, and it, it, it I do, I kind of, they're awful, gen, you know, usually very, very awful. Yeah. But I do, I also kind of miss that, you know, the. Yeah. Especially when I you know, when, they, when they're like Monster Squad, you gotta, yeah. you gotta love that. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, I think we talked about this when I made you guys watch uh, the, the first Turtles live action movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. Turtle Power is just like a total uh, <laughs> just recap, recap of the film, but I fucking love that I song. I love that song. So Love good. It. I mean, it's, it even gets a bit wrong, but don't worry about it. We don't worry about it. We don't pay attention to those bits. But yeah, <laughs> that, that, the, was, that the, was draft one. Yeah, the songs were written with no connection to the movie at all. Yeah. They're just they're just com- they just put a call out to various bands and go, we're making yeah. a movie. We want a song with this in the title. So they'll just dip into their back catalogue of stuff that aren't on the album. They did what? it with, you know, with Cindy Lauper and the Goonies. Even though the track is called Goonies Are Good Enough, she doesn't sing that. It's just good enough, you know. But you know, yeah, it's it's done all the time, and I loved it. I fucking love it. No, I did genuinely love that song because I love I love a good montage. Yeah, and I also love a good like I'm one of these people who with films I either like a song to be exactly what you would expect of that particular scene, or the total opposite. I don't want anything Mm. in the middle. I either want it to be like fucking hell, they chose this song for this. Mm. That's weird, or to be like yes, this is perfect. This, this is a thousand percent on the money. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I loved this because it was so like jaunty and stupid when they're all yeah. like literally going to yeah. die. Because I, lo- I, lo- I love how like um, Sean and Patrick and that, they're all still basically doing schoolwork. 
or if you're Patrick, you're cutting up Monster Squad business cards. Yeah, well they, take, they take the, the time out in their preparations to, to apparently print cards. up what looks like 200 business cards. <laughs> so he's, he's slicing those, and yet Rudy, he's the one who's making uh, stakes, uh, yeah. silver bullets, and he's stealing a, a bow and arrow set from an archery I, class. I genuinely find the, <laughs> the moment where he's making the stakes a, a proper tense moment. Yeah. I, I find that a really I'm a sucker for a, a guy's make preparations for the final mm. battle type. Yeah. Thing. There's the bit in Predator where they're, they're all making the traps and stuff like that. Or the bit in Jewels where they're assembling the, the cage, the shark yeah. cage. Mm. Those scenes invariably give me the tingles. That I, I, unironically, I click with those really yeah. Well, I'm, I mean, I'm with and that's you. And I, that really works with yeah. that. You know, it's like that. This is where we we're getting to. We're not fucking around there. We're dead to business. Oh no, we're we're doing. We're it. making bullets and we're and we're making we're gonna, stakes. We're gonna fuck these guys up. and We're gonna win. And yeah. I like stakes. I love a good montage too with a good song. So it's just it was all there, and I lapped it up like it was just warm milk. You know, yeah. uh, it was great. And then of course you get you get the big final. <laughs> you eventually get the big final battle, <laughs> which is. Mm. It's also superb, but I love when all of a sudden, because last we saw a Dracula towards, you know, towards the end of the battle, Frankenstein's monster had thrown him onto an iron stake, which was like, like an iron cross, wasn't yeah. it, on a fence? Yes, and then all, then all of a sudden, all we can see is very bright red bloodstains, and he's not there. But yeah. lim- Limbo is open, and everyone's, you know, monsters and coppers and benches are all being sucked into this vortex. And then all of a sudden, Sean is grabbed by Dracula and they're wrestling each other along the road. Um, and I, I love that it just so happens that a stake comes alongside them so that Sean can stake Dracula. Yeah, he gets that. Gets, I'd completely forgotten that he, he stakes Dracula. Then, of course, he has to. That's, yeah. You know, I'd completely forgotten that he did. Yeah, stakes but, uh, him and then hands him off to Van Helsing and gets a thumbs up. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, a completely thumbs anachronistic thumbs up from Van Helsing. Yeah, that's great. He may have been in limbo, but he, he knows what's going down with the kids. Oh, yeah. Thumbs up, dude. And then <laughs> just, you think that's it. And you get the sad goodbye with Frankenstein's monster. Yeah. And, the agonising goodbye. Oh, my God. It goes yeah, on for so long. Goes, oh, my God. It goes on too long. And then, of course, we have to say goodbye. And it's just, it's horribly sad. Mm. And then the American army show up. Yeah, which is it was a nice little punchline. To, <laughs> it was because we, we in the montage we see Eugene writing a very you know childlike letter saying, "Dear army, we've the got monsters, monsters please help." Yeah, and yeah, and they and actually come up, and they actually turn up, which is that lovely little punchline. It's great. It's great. It's so ridiculous. It's, it's, it's also so very funny. funny that they're late. Yeah, yeah. Because like that's that's a very typical sort of thing in like Godzilla movies and things like that, isn't it? Where like they've Godzilla's been strolling around for a good half hour before anyone turns yeah. up to yeah. try and do shit about it. Yeah, I mean, you think about it. Everybody takes the kids kind of seriously. Once you get beyond, once there's the real, you know, the real monsters there, they yeah. kind of, for some reason, they start taking the kids seriously. But before we get to it, I want to mention the um, the werewolf again. Uh-huh. Because you've got the scene where he gets blown up. They, they kind of dropped the hint earlier on about how do you kill a werewolf? They say, mm. well, you can only kill him with a silver bullet. And they go, well, what if you chuck him out a window and he lands on a bomb? And they go, I don't know. And then you actually see that scene that, you know, there's a big fight and he gets a stick of, di- stick of dynamite 
stuck in his belt and they kick him out the window and explodes and he's in pieces and then you see the bits come back together again that was so grim which is so good which is exactly the sort of scene as a monster freak you want to see that happen yeah uh, and i i implore you to if you get to chat see the um any of the making of those those limbs are on remote control cars <laughs> so they're skittering <laughs> it's fantastic they should have made a whole separate short I'm just never going to watch Wolf that Man's the same limbs. way now. I'm just going to imagine lots of little radio remote control cars <laughs> on all the way through it's, it. It's phenomenal. It's, oh. it's terrific. Well, we have whipped through this movie. Uh, very, very much whipped through this to get through. Because for what we say, what, about an 80-odd minute film? There's a, yeah. there's a lot in there. To yeah, work. I think we've spent more time talking about it than the film actually runs. Yeah, we definitely have. <laughs> Because we've done nearly two hours talking about and this this film. Have we got any other final thoughts or favourite moments to mention? Stace, you first, as you were. Um, so I'm going to give you a bugbear and a bit that I liked just to you know for balance. Excellent. Um, I have I have a bugbear that happens a lot with many movies. Well, I have a couple to do with fight sequences, and that is uh, people attacking an enemy one on one when there's several of them. That does my sweetie. Mm. Um, and then there's also uh, people who are very slow about reacting to things in a fight yeah. just just to create the drama. So it really did my head in when um, 50s guy, whose name I've forgotten. Moody. Uh, yeah, with the broids, because he's standing there with a gun for ages and just letting <laughs> them advance on him. And then very suddenly he's like, oh, I should think about shooting him, shouldn't I? So he like he like pops the one. But the other one is just immediately right there because she was directly behind the first one, pretty much. And he's just still standing there with a gun. And I'm like, this well, is jeopardy when you're being a fanny. Yeah, well, honest, <laughs> it's not a gun. It's, 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 it's the stakes, aren't they? They're the vampire. It's oh, like, yeah, the little but stakes. It, but it is, I take your point, it is, <clears throat> he is a bit slow for dramatic yeah. reasons. Yeah, it's like and if you if you were that desperate to make it look dramatic, either make them faster because they were just shambling up to him, yeah. or just start them closer when the scene starts. <laughs> well, like, there's no need for this like slow. Like it felt to me like they were like, "Are you going to actually kill us or what?" Are you gonna do well, I, I like that. <laughs> I on, like that they were slow. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I find the slow <clears throat> thing creepy. That they they're unhurried. They don't give a shit. Yeah. But I I think it's an issue in the edit. I because mm. there's three brides and you only see two of them get killed. Yeah. I think there's there's a a bit of edit issues there where there was a third you know you know, mm-hmm. they cut it. there yeah. that kind of got cut out maybe for time or something or maybe the effects didn't work or whatever and you end up with it just slows down the pace of that yeah. but i yeah I, before you even started i knew that was because it, <laughs> it bugs me as well but i can yeah. i can let it go but it's like yeah that kind of stands out is <laughs> it is it's just like come on Stop, yeah. stop fumbling those stakes, Rudy, for God's sake. Yeah, just fucking do him a murder. But, um, uh, but the, the thing that I liked, there was quite a few different lines in this that I that I enjoyed. Uh, but one that particularly tickled me, because uh, it's a thing that people say in movies quite often, and I always find it really funny because it's so, like, you, you just can't do it. I can't even remember the point at which in the film it comes, but somebody says, Sean, please don't die. <laughs> <laughs> And stuff like that always tickles me because it's like, how does he have control? He's about to fight a monster. Oh, like, oh well, that, well, that's horrible. And that's that's at the same point of the 
maybe we should do math club instead yeah which is just oh <laughs> god i love that line yeah. yeah you know do problems that sort of thing yeah it's, yeah it's when they first met frankenstein and phoebe introduced them and they all ran away to hide behind the bins That's it. Yeah, yeah yes i love i love that horace puts himself in a bin yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's really funny yeah there's a lot there's a lot to like about this film but i do think like as my sort of final thoughts on it i do think that it's um it would have had the benefit of me having seen it as a younger person yeah. uh yeah in in the same way that like I tried to watch Labyrinth with my sister's hubby a couple of years ago and I like I've been in love with that movie since I was about six and mm. he'd never seen it before and he was just by the end of it he went what in the blue fuck did I just watch yeah. and I thought I thought yeah do you know what coming to this without you know the 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 innocence and wonder of childhood mm, it is yeah. just like a truly baffling collection of puppets and and David Bailey's crotches and it like it's just so like what (laughs) I think if you had watched this at the time you'd also watch Goonies it would it would have stayed with you then in that way because you you are you are taunting me with all this Goonies shit aren't you you're you're poking the bear (laughs) I want to but I don't think we've got time to go into it I know I just think I'm I'm not gonna have time to fucking hated it but I I do think that they are a good double bill if it's tricky though because you do have to kind of like perhaps unlike me didn't you kind of have to like the Goonies first but I do think they work well as a double bill of films um but just purely because they are of a similar ilk not completely but they they're just a young cast doing (laughs) doing adult things I suppose yeah yeah Yeah. you're an (laughs) <laughs> it was, I, I, I want to agree. I think if you're going to do a double bill, watch this and watch Night of the Creeps. I and haven't seen that yet. No, that is great. That, we need to watch that. that I need to watch that. That's, I mean, it's not one for the podcast, but we need to watch that. We do. That's that's basically like a companion. I mean, he made that first, but that's yeah. like a companion piece. That that's another one where they kind of a, 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 a genre blender, yeah. where it's kind of like a zombie movie plus teenage rom com. Mm-hmm. Uh, or a teenage, you know, um, a campus comedy type thing. Yeah. But it's it's very witty. It's got you know, the smartest dumb movie you've ever seen. It comes, <laughs> but it's very witty and it's, yeah. it's quite you know ironic and stuff like that. Yeah. That's that would be my double bill. Yeah. Um, so is that your final thoughts then, those days? Well, my, yeah. I mean, there was a lot of stuff we haven't got time for, like you know, the whole the whole fact that it flopped and yeah, you know, mm. it was released in August. It should, it should have been October. It's a so Halloween daft. movie. It's, that is so daft. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it was released two weeks after Lost Boys, so Lost Boys stole all its thunder. You know, all the, all the, all the, you know, obviously Lost Boys was an eighteen or um, yeah, R, it been a, R rated or whatever. So all the, all the, all the teenagers went to see that instead. Which I, th- I think this is a better movie than Lost Boys. I think Lost Boys is okay, but it's clearly the more commercial movie. You know, it's you all. Know, it's, you, I, I saw Lost Boys for the first time during lockdown and I thought it was anticlimactic. <laughs> it's, you know, it, it does the job. I, 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 I think it's, it's, it's polished. It's, a, it's, the, it's the pop single of a movie. You know Whereas what? Whereas I, I think <laughs> Both of is you the real just deal. 
Just wash your mouths out. No, I liked, I, liked, I liked it well enough, but I think it had been bigged up too much to me. It's like one of my mum's favourite films. And actually, not an awful lot really happens until the very end. Like, yeah, it, it's, it, just, it, it, it's, it's just it's sexy vampires on a carousel and I mean, stuff I, like that for like a whole movie. <laughs> I absolutely bloody love it, though. It's one of yeah. my absolute favourites. I saw it at the outdoor cinema twice and I fucking loved doing it then. I mean, I really, I really watched it before because I knew yeah. it was going to come up. And it, I'm surprised we didn't talk about it more, to be honest. But we just haven't had time i was expecting to have to defend monster squad from stace a lot more i I enjoyed it enough but i do think like so i'm glad i've seen it but i don't think it's something i'm going to watch again because it doesn't have that extra sort of like rose tinted nostalgia level like Mm -hmm. the same way that things like labyrinth and willow and the goonies and things have for me there's certain films you see at the right age yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. You have, yeah. I yeah, feel like yeah. I feel like pushing thirty eight was not the time to see. Probably, yeah, probably. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> the first yeah. time. <laughs> but, uh, uh, so I want to, yeah. So I mean, yeah. So it was released in August, where it's clearly a Halloween movie. Absolutely. They're on about saying you know that the rating was a bit funny, is that it's you know it's too adult for little kids, and it's you know too kiddie for for adults and stuff like that. Whereas I think if again if that had been released at Halloween. Parents will take their kids to see this at Halloween. Mm-hmm. Americans are weird like that. They they, yeah. don't, they don't give a toss. But um, but yeah. So yeah, I mean, yeah. I just think it's a yeah. You know, I'll, I'll skip over all the rest, and I'll just say that Goonies is bullshit. <laughs> so, <laughs> Your final thought on the Monster Squad is yeah, Goonies. Yeah, I, I just need to because, look. Here's here's, here's here's my beef, right? Do we have time for this? We, yeah, it's a very, it's a, it's a slippery <laughs> thing. You're all right. Is that Goonies is often used as a stick to beat Monster Squad with. Right. You know, when it was coming out, I was just, it's just the Goonies and all that kind of stuff. But uh, yeah, but I, I, you know, I didn't like Goonies when it came out. I, when it, I was, what, 15 or something when Goonies came out. And I remember it being released and it was a big movie. The kids were on Wogan and doing the chat show thing and all that kind of stuff. I remember seeing Goonies and thinking it was absolute horseshit. Think it was unwatchable, right? <laughs> Fucking hell. So I, yeah, I'm, I'm befuddled how it's got that kind of. It's, it's weird to because there's lots of films that I've that were flops that I, I love. We've, mm-hmm. we've covered a bunch of them already, you know, Blade Runner and stuff like that. So it's weird to be on the other side of that and being part of the ones who thought it was shit when it was released and then it finds a new audience and you're just going, are you people crazy? What yes. the hell? So I, I haven't watched it since I was 15 when it came out. So I decided to watch it again as my homework for this because I, I thought it had come. It had, I knew it had come up, and I couldn't get through it. I got about half an hour. Uh, I got an hour in and just had to tap out. You know, I think I said. I think I said to uh, Jenny, yeah. saying it's like being in a cinema with a bunch of rowdy kids pissing around and screaming through the whole thing, except they're not in the audience. They're on the fucking screen. And it, <laughs> It was, I just couldn't get through it. It was, it was winding me right up. So, you know, that's, I've got that out of my system now. Thank you. No, I Good really want, bullshit. now I really want people to listen to this episode and come out as well. <laughs> and things. I, I'm, I'm sure I'll get lynched because it has, it has, it's one of those things, like I say, being on the other side and just go, oh, where the hell did that fandom come from? Yeah. 
yeah. uh, because I remember being there at a time and it not be maybe I think it was a bigger hit in America than it was over here. But I remember that wave of disappointment when that came out because it was it was it was a big movie. It was like, oh, it's Spielberg's producing it and Richard Donner's directing it. And yada yada. he had got all these teen kids in there. Who super hot at the time. And it was just like, what the fuck was that load of rubbish? But but um, tell me, Lee. What were your final thoughts on the Monster Squad? <laughs> my, my final thoughts on the Monster Squad is um, I, I wish more people had seen it. It, it. You know, Whatever it was that jinxed it, and it seems to have a lot that kind of jinxed it at the time. I think it's un- unjustly um, yeah. went under the radar at the time. I think that for whatever reason these things fail, everything hit it and it, and it just got, missed and i i know it i think it's just a, a shame because i think it's like a you know i think if they'd released it maybe a couple of months later if they released it a year later maybe mm. because you look at the 80s there was a lot of horror comedies that it should have been a perfect movie for the year it was released really yeah. Yeah. there was a lot of horror movies a lot of horror comedies it was primed for it there was a lot of kid movies and stuff like that stand by me came out around about that time as well which is another big you know kid so it should have been primed it was if he if you could write a formula for a hit movie it should have ticked all ticked all the boxes and it just didn't and it, yeah. and it uses me because it was because it, it was a film i just saw and just loved from the get-go it was one of those ones that you feel was made for you mm. um so yeah, so that is that's one of those things, and it just it just freaks me out now. Whenever I mention it, and people go, "I've never heard of that. What's that?" And it's like, how can you not? Yeah. <laughs> Where have you been? And these are you know my people, comic book fans and horror movie fans and and stuff like that. You know, you should know this. You know, how do you not know? Yeah, yeah. No, I get it. I have I had friends at work say to me, and they're they're my age, and they had uh, not a clue about this movie. Yeah. Didn't know it at all. But, but then again, you can, you know, it's like, like we said, it hasn't had a DVD release, so of course yeah. it's not. Although it's on, it's on streaming services now, kids. So you know. Yeah, you can, yeah, you can find you can it watch. now on streaming services. It's out there. But uh, oh. okay, I'm done. That's. <sighs> you done? You sure? Yeah. You said that a lot yeah. last night, and you weren't. Yeah. I. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'll be <laughs> swift in my uh, final thoughts of the Monster Squad, which is. I still love this film to this day since I first watched it till last night when I watched it and continuing onwards. It will always be a favourite. It's always part of my spooky month ritual to put it on. But then I'll put it on any time I fancy and feel like it because it's Mm. great. And just like you, Leah, I'm I'm sad that more people don't know about this film and it didn't do better when it was first released because it deserved to be as big as Goonies and Stand By Me and all the other classics. I know it's a cult classic now. Yeah. Um, but it des- it did deserve to be so much more. And guys, Stand by Me is what we're going to have to come to because yeah. if I'm right, I mean, we, you still haven't seen it. So I haven't seen it. We need to correct. Get, we need to get to that one. But yeah. yes, Monster Squad, a sad missed opportunity for it because it's such a superb little film with a lot of heart and a lot of fun. Um, it's just yeah, brilliant, brilliant film. So those are our final thoughts on 1987s. Black and Decker, not the power tool, but the film Monster Squad. But Stace, you're our choice for next episode. So what are we going to be watching for our next month? So I've deviated from my usual thing here because I usually try to pick a film 
that one or both of you has never seen uh, as a sort of recommendation. But I think this is the first time I'm picking something that actually I've never seen and I just want to watch. <laughs> Good so, um, yeah, so we will be watching planes, trains and automobiles for our next episode. Oh, um, amazing. You know, yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah so, I mean, so yeah. John Candy, okay. Steve Martin. Yeah. Another as John Hughes, I believe, isn't it? So another yeah, yeah, yeah. 80s classic. So I can't wait for that. Um, I enjoy watching this film whenever I get the opportunity to. I think, Lee, you're the same. Yeah, so, I mean, it's it's I mean, I'll go into it next time, but it's it's the it's the my first Christmas movie. I, it's, it's what opens my Christmas movie season every year. There we so, go. But we'll go into that. We time. will. Yep, we will crack into that when we crack into planes, trains and automobiles next month. But for now, this has been Never Seen the Monster Squad. And it's a goodbye from me. Cheerio, bye bye. And a goodbye from Stace. Adios, amigos. And a goodbye from me. Bye bye. Until next Clanking chains. Until next time, folks. We'll see you then. Cheerio. Bye-bye. Hey, everyone. If you'd like to follow Never Seen on the socials, you can find us on both Twitter and Instagram at neverseen underscore pod. If you'd like to follow me on Twitter, I'm at angelj5. You can find Stacey on both Twitter and Instagram at Stacey's Parlour. That's Stacey spelt with an E-Y and Parlour with a U-R. And you can find Lee on Twitter at lovelylee underscore G.